right, so we just finished in October our four points. And so just for your review, we said, number one, our passion is his presence. Without his presence, there's nothing, right? So our passion is his presence. Our second purpose is our priority. Our priority is people. Our third, and the one I love to go on about, our purpose is in serving, which I think breakfast tables was, you were all talking about today. Yep, so our purpose is in serving. And finally, our pursuit is his kingdom on earth. So those are our four-point mission. You can find them on YouTube. I want to kind of say, okay, we've walked through all four of them. Let's wrap it up with this one thing. And that one thing is, above all these things, put on love. Everybody say, put on love. Okay. So there's a popular clothing retailer that requires that its sales clerks dress like the models in the store windows. This practice is referred to as guarding their brand. The idea behind it is that shoppers will be more likely to purchase clothes because they want to look like the people they see wearing them. And so they have to dress according to the brand. So here's our question today. Are the people in your world wanting to put on what you're wearing? Do they want to look like you? Do they want to look like me? We're not talking physical now. I'm talking spiritual. Are the people in your world wearing, wanting to wear what you are wearing? So in Colossians 3, it says this, 14. But above all these things, put on Love, which is the bond of perfection. Okay, so first of all, what does it say? What is all these things? It says, above all these things, put on love. Well, what things is it talking to? If you go back previously, I'm just going to tell you what it is. He lists humility, compassion, kindness, and meekness. He said, clothe yourself with these things. These are all good things. But above all these, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. Here's the interesting thing about this. That word bond is actually talking about the ligaments of your body. And so what is he saying here? The bond of perfection, putting on love, the ligaments of the body. You are the body of Christ. You are the hands, the feet, the arms, the fingers. We are the body of Christ. And the ligaments of the body is love. It's what holds us together. The love of God is the ligaments of the body of Christ. So when we are putting on love, what are we doing? We're holding, we're binding together the body of Christ. It's powerful. Okay, so we're going to put on love. So here's three basic truths that we have to have understanding on 
if we are going to put on love. Number one, God is love. God is love. First John 4, beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. We're talking about the agape, unconditional love of God. God is, it's not defining God, saying, well, God is like love. God, he is made up of love. It is who he is. And so you cannot put on love unless you have the basic understanding that where it comes from, God is love. And so just as God is love, when we go to first or when we go to Romans 13:14, we have the command put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ. So to put on love is to put on Christ. There's a little account of a pastor who at one time he served as a police officer. He said, people treated me differently when in uniform than when he was off duty wearing plain clothes. Something about the badge and blues gained him instant respect and authority. He was often addressed as sir. When he told people something, they believed him. And when he gave an order, they were quick to obey. Here is this pastor's conclusion. I guess the clothes make the difference. And in uniform, I acted with more confidence. So the question is, what uniform are we wearing? When we clothe ourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ, we are now no longer, where does that confidence come? In your identity in Christ, your confidence in Christ, your authority in Christ. When you put on the Lord Jesus Christ, you clothe yourself in his love and his authority and confidence. It should be the uniform we're wearing. It should be the clothes that we are wearing so that people want to dress like we dress. David, David understood this, King David in the Old Testament. And so for those of you that maybe didn't grow up in Connie's Sunday school class learning the whole Bible, Lila knows more Bible than anybody I know. There's an account before, before King David became King David, he was a shepherd boy. <clears throat> and King Saul and his, and his army were out there fighting the Philistines, fighting Goliath the giant. And what are they all doing? They're hiding in fear. And so here comes this teenage kid coming to check on things and bring food to the battlefront. And he's looking around thinking, what on earth? Where are all of you? They're all hiding behind the stones that David was talking about. 
They're hiding out of fear of this giant. And so David says, ah, no, I know my God, and I'm fighting this guy. And so he says to King Saul, I will go and fight. So King Saul says, all right, well, if you're going to do that, here's what I want you to do. In 1 Samuel 17, so Saul clothed David with his armor, and he put a bronze helmet on his head. He also clothed him with a coat of mail, and David fastened his sword to his armor and tried to walk, for he had not tested them. And David said to King Saul, I cannot walk with these, for I have not tested them. So David took them off. See, David understood what I'm wearing is important. And this armor, though it belongs to this king, is not going to work for me. I have not tested it. Listen, what uniform are we wearing? Have we clothed ourselves in the Lord Jesus Christ? Have we put on his armor? Have we clothed ourselves in he who is love? Have we taken off our old ways of life, our old attitudes, our old thinking, our old clothes, and received the clothing of Christ? Because here's the truth about love. In 1 Corinthians 13, which if you're in the U50 group, we've been walking through this on Wednesday nights. We thought it would take one night, then I thought it would take two nights, and now we're in our third night with it. But in 1 Corinthians 13, beginning in verse 1, it says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. See, here's the third basic understanding we need to have about putting on love. Form and substance matter. What do I mean by that? This is talking about some of the gifts. Prophecy, right? Discerning things, understanding mysteries and knowledge. It's talking about outward good works, giving to the poor. It's talking about the person of faith. How many of you in here, if you have an issue, if you need healing, who are you going to go call on to pray for you? Probably Brian Rage, right? Because you know that when Brian prays, he has faith it's going to move mountains, which is wonderful. But what does this say? You can be that, you can be Brian and not have love. And what are you? Uh-oh, he's right. We all know Brian walks in love, though. (laughs) 
What am I saying here? Form and matter substance. We are a spirit-filled church. We love to prophesy. We love to give words of knowledge and understanding. We love to pray and see the sick healed. Those are forms that carry the substance. They are the forms, they're the method through which God releases his and brings people into encounter with his love, though. Love is the substance. The other, the, the gifts and the prayers are the form. And so what can happen is that we can be so caught up in the form, the gifts operating, and not carry the substance, the love of God that God is trying to connect people to. And it's nothing. It's religion. We're clinging symbols. We can be out ministering to the community. We can join Rachel at the Salvation Army and bell ring this, this season. What is that? That's a form, but the substance is the releasing of the love of God to them. So you can be out doing all the social work you want, but if you have not love... It's outward. So form and substance matter. Let me give you another example, Nick or Caleb. I, I said that what, it, what brings me joy, my garden. So you all know because of school, I didn't garden this year. This is just one of my gardens, my tomato patch. You can see Darren's kayak there in the background, which you see in our backyard, boats and gardens. And so I did, not, I did not garden this year. You all know I did, though. I did put some tomato plants out there. Remember, Darren murdered them all. He, he mowed over them all. So what you see up here is not my beautiful tomato plants. These are the pestilence of our yard morning glories that we can't get rid of. They like to kill my stuff. So I have these beautiful cattle panels that want to grow beautiful tomatoes. It's a, it's a form. I was so excited to install these cattle panels because it changed my life with tomato growing. And, and so it's a form, though. I, I love the cattle panels, but have the cattle panels been of any worth to me this year? No, why? They have no substance on them. The substance being the tomatoes. So... These cattle panels are, are like these things listed in 1 Corinthians 13. They're forms without love, without tomato plants. They're nothing. They're just forms in my backyard growing up weeds. Form and substance matter. We are talking about putting on love. Love is the substance. It's what it's all about. So we have these basic three, if we're going to put on love, we got to know God is love. we got to put on Christ, and we got to know that form and substance matter. It's not enough to pat ourselves on the back thinking, oh, I did this great thing. Oh, did you see how I flowed in the Holy Spirit? This, not unless it's releasing and connecting people to the love of God. That's the goal. So in order to put on love in this way, Here's our, our, the heart of the matter. We have to be with love. Remember, God is love. God, love is a person. 
It is God. And so we cannot put on love if we are not with love. And so in Genesis chapter 33, if you want to, no, 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 Exodus, I had that wrong in there. I discovered that last week. It's Exodus 33. This is the account of, so you know Moses, the deliverer of the Israelites, taking them out of slavery to the promised land, and then he disobeyed the Lord, and so the Lord said, you're not going to take them into the promised land. You're going to die before you get into the promised land, Moses. So up and so he has a right-hand man whose name is Joshua, right? Joshua. So here we have this wonderful picture of the right-hand man of Moses in Gen Exodus 33, verse 7. Moses took his tent, pitched it outside the camp, and called it the tabernacle of meeting. And it came to pass that everyone who sought the Lord went out to the tabernacle of meeting outside the camp. And then we were talking about standing and worship today, actually. This was interesting. So it was, whenever Moses went out to the tabernacle, that all the people rose, and each man stood at his tent door and watched Moses until he had gone into the tabernacle. And it came to pass when Moses entered the tabernacle that the pillar of cloud descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle, and the Lord talked with Moses. This is amazing. This is Old Testament living before Jesus came and died on the cross and opened up the veil into the Holy of Holies within the presence of God. That's our new covenant that we live in. Anyone can come in and talk with God. But here we have Moses talking with God in the tabernacle. And so the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. And he would return to the camp. But here it is, his servant Joshua the son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. He stayed in the presence of the Lord. To put on love, you got to be with love. And then if you were to go over to Numbers 27, what you would find out is that as they're about to go into the promised land, the, the leadership transition takes place. And Moses steps out of leadership, and Joshua rises up as the leader. I find it interesting that the leaders God called in this Old Testament were the ones that were after his heart, that wanted to be with God. Joshua wanted to be with God. One of my missionary mentors that I love, Heidi Baker to Mozambique, who has hundreds and hundreds of orphans she takes care of. She said, if I don't spend time with God, it becomes impossible for me to do what I do. Without him, I am small, weak, incapable, and ill-equipped. But when I allow myself to go and dwell in his presence, that's when his supernatural resources begin to flow into the situation 
With God, I can be the answer to someone's need. Without him, I am hopeless. When we allow Jesus to express himself through us, we become his hands and feet on the earth. And that is the essence of missions being the fragrance of Christ. It comes because we are with love. You all know this is not about, see, that the outward forms of religion are without love. The, the Pharisees were all about, you got to follow the law. And, and Jesus was all about, I am the fulfillment of the law. You just need to connect with me and clothe yourself in me. And so we put on love, and here's what it all comes down to. This is one of my favorite portions of the message. It's actually labeled under conclusion. I, I do have conclusion listed above this, so we'll see how, how it goes. But in John, we've, in talking about serving people in the last month, we, we talked about the commandments that God gave. A new commandment, though, is what in John chapter 13 we find. What did we say? Love God. And the second one that we all say is love your neighbor as yourself, right? But Jesus, after being in the, that, that upper room with his disciples and having that dinner with them, it says he got up and he washed their feet and he said, this is the example I have set for you, to wash one another's feet, including Judas, the betrayer. And so at the end of this account, Jesus takes this to a new level and says this in John 13, verse 34, a new commandment I give you. See, loving God and loving your neighbor as yourself, these were given in the Old Testament. And so Jesus, right before he goes to the cross, he says, I'm giving you a new commandment now. We know that he always takes it to another level, right? And here he's doing it again. He's saying, I give you this commandment that you love one another is as you love yourself? No. That was the old, old command. This new one is to love as I have loved you. That you also love one another. Jesus just took it to another level. It's not about loving people as you love yourself. It's about loving people as he loves people. He's taken the commandment to a new place. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Listen, the gifts of the Spirit are wonderful and they're needed. And, and you've got to be cautious because here's what people do. Oh, the, the people with, that operate in the gifts of the Spirit, but I haven't seen love. So we're going to get rid of the things of the Spirit and we're just going to come over here and love people. Or you, you can go the opposite. You, all, it's all about love, and, and people that want to operate in the gifts of the Spirit are saying, wait a minute, we got to come over here, and we got to start operating in the gifts of the Spirit. What? As humans, we have a hard time balancing things. We really do. We tend toward extremes, right? 
I'm going to be on such a strict diet. No sugar, no, oh my goodness. I couldn't even sit and enjoy a birthday treat in my father's presence. That's full of sugar, he said. I know you all feel that way about me at potlucks. That's full of sugar over there. I said, I know, but it's my birthday, so if I want to eat it, I'm going to eat it. He's, you're either, we're all there, all extreme diets or forget it. I'm not going to do anything and I'm just going to eat whatever I want. We have trouble living balanced lives. And it is seen in this way. We are either all just love people or all just Holy Spirit. Listen, it's supposed to work together because the one is the form for the substance of the other. It's supposed to be together doing, operating in it. The gifts of the Spirit and the power of love. And Jesus says, it's not by the gifts of the Spirit that they'll know you're my, my disciple. It is by loving, how you love people. How you love people. Not as yourself, but as I have loved. As I have knelt down and washed the feet of Judas, my betrayer, knowing full well he would betray me. Jesus knew who his betrayer was. And he washed his feet. Man, he calls us to hard things, guys. In John 15, verse 11, these things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Who wants to be full of joy? I do. And so here's what Jesus says. This is my commandment. And he says it again. He reiterates it. That you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends. Okay, we're going to get into some interesting stuff here. This is a lot of fun. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants. For a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all things that I heard from my father, I have made known to you. Okay, I want to sit in this just for a moment. When we were talking about serving, we were defining what that word meant to serve. And, and what it means is that if I'm going to serve Derek down there, the literal meaning is that I enslave myself to Derek. Do you remember that? That's what it means to serve somebody. It means to enslave yourself to them. It means I forego my rights, I forego my desires in order to serve him. And so this truth that Jesus is laying out is this powerful. When you serve others, so when you enslave yourself to others, what are you doing in that moment? You're laying down your life. Just as what it says here, no greater love than to lay down one's life. So when you enslave yourself, you lay down your life for them. Through that process, you cease to become a slave yourself. You become a friend of God. This is powerful. 
there is this transitional process that happens when you choose to become a servant and loving people. You lay down your life and you cease to become a servant. You become God's friend. The process to greatness in the kingdom is always down. It's never up. I want to become great in the kingdom of God. I must become a servant of all. And when I become a servant to all, I become the friend of God. I don't know about you, but that what he's saying is now you've become a, a person of freedom. Now you've become a person that is not just told what to do, but now you see my heart. Now, as a friend of God, I'm now fully partner with God. I know what God is thinking, what God is planning. He brings me into that partnership, a friendship. And it's through the process of putting on love the way he defines it. Not the way I define what it looks like, but what Jesus. And Jesus defines it as laying down your life. It's like really quiet in here. <laughs> Believe me, I've already, I had to preach this. I will tell you, I've been examining my life. I don't preach stuff that I haven't in great fear and reverence invited the Holy Spirit into my life to work through. I want to conclude with this passage in Acts in the, in the passages of Acts 3 and 4, this, is, this account begins with um, two of Jesus' disciples, Peter and John. And they were walking along to go to the temple. They were going to church. And there's a lame man there who has been lame since birth. And he's asking for money. And, and Peter and John said, oh, I don't, we don't have any money. But what we do have, we give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And so when they release that healing, he gets up, he leaps up and begins to, you know, rejoice. And, um, and, he, and he begins leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And so that miracle had just happened. So Peter... He's like, okay, we got to take advantage of this miracle. And he begins to preach a sermon, right? So he preaches a sermon at the end of chapter 3. And at the end of his preaching into chapter 4, because of that, Peter and John are arrested. And they come to, uh, chapter 4 is really about them addressing the Sanhedrin, the leaders, the name of Jesus is forbidden to them to preach. And so as they, you know, they being them, they're not going to listen to this. Then we enter into prayers of boldness for the people. And the place where they were gathered was shaken. So all of this is taking place. This is powerful. Right? I mean, can you imagine if you're... You know, he, you're praying for healing for somebody, and this begins to happen. 
you would be like, whoa. You would have boldness to preach, wouldn't you? You would have boldness to preach. And so let me find this verse here. I didn't write it down. And I should have. There's a point in here, maybe y'all can help me find it, where it says that they observing Peter and John as uneducated men. Thank you. Verse 13. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized they had been with Jesus. Do people know that I have been with Jesus? Because Jesus is love. And above all, I'm to put on love. I'm going to ask if the worship team will come back. In 2 Corinthians 2.14, it says, Now thanks be to God who always leads you in triumph in Christ. And through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. Do you know that the thing that you are around, the things you're around are what you are going to smell like, right? I I remember when Darren and I were in our first pastorate over in Petersburg, uh, the women had like a, a secret Santa thing going one year. And so the gifts that I received... I knew who it was from. There was no secret about it. In fact, I had to afterwards say, just so you know, you might want to in the future. I knew who it was because they had a wood-burning stove in their house. And every gift smelled. It was a wonderful aroma, but they all smelled like a wood-burning stove, that smokiness, right? Like it had been around a campfire. You can't help it. You'll, like, my hair has always been, like, for some reason, it really absorbs smell. And, and so I can tell, like, oh, what I've been around, like, oh, I can smell that thing, right? You can't help it. When you're around fragrances, you will smell. Hopefully it's a good smell, but sometimes it's stinky smell, right? We are the fragrance of Christ, We should be. If we are with him, if we are being in his presence, if we are clothing ourselves with him. My mother just gave me a sweater, and I've worn it a few times, and I've washed it a few times. And a couple of weeks ago, we were having a fire outside our house um, just one night when it was a nice night. And Alexandra looked kind of chilly to me. So I said, here, take this sweater to put on. And she's like, it smells like grandma. <laughs> Grandma's, how you can tell when things have come from my mom's house. It's not a bad smell. It's just the, the smell of grandma's house. And, and that was after washing it a few times and wearing it a lot, like at the coffee shop. Smell will permeate. Smell will stay will smell like that which you are around. And so we can, we can in our four-point mission be very missional. We can be pursuing his presence. We can be prioritizing people. We can be serving God and people. 
And we can be pursuing seeing his kingdom come to earth. But if we have not been with love, if we have not clothed ourselves with love, do you know those actually will just be stinky things because they'll be religious things. We need his presence. We need to be with him. For we are his fragrance to the world around us. When you're at your workplace, you may never say a word, but there should be an aroma about you that is a little different. I, I, I don't know if any of you, we, I, we love essential oils at our house, and so I can always smell them. And if you've ever been to my coffee shop, Olivia was one day when I gave her a free drink. Otherwise, she was on her way to Starbucks, obviously. <laughs> She's going to be like, I'm never going to church again. <laughs> so there's a strong aromas that come out of my coffee shop, right? All that coffee smell. And, and there's the windows. And I was working down on the machine one day while Darren was taking orders. So I wasn't even near the window, and I smelled this smell. It's like somebody around here is wearing essential oils. And so I went over to the customer. I said, are you, are you wearing some essential oils? Yeah. Listen, those essential oils, they overpowered even that strong aroma of coffee to where I could smell it. The aroma of Christ should be more powerful than any other odor around us as we put on his love. And so this morning, here's our altar call. I'm going to ask that this, because I don't know about you, I want to increase my aroma of Christ. I never am satisfied with the aroma coming out, because so often Cammie's aroma seeps through. <laughs> yeah, Darren would be laughing too if you were here. <laughs> Sometimes my aroma comes through, and I'm ever asking for an increase of the aroma of Christ to come through me. And so this morning, I'm going to ask if we'll just, as, as an act of consecration to Christ, saying, Lord, we want to clothe ourselves with you today. We want to be in your presence of love. And we want to be the aroma to the world around. I want us just to stand together, and the worship team is going to lead us through this final moment of worship and I want you in your seat just to consecrate yourself and say here I am this earthen vessel but I choose to clothe myself in Christ in living love and to be a diffuser right plug in that diffuser to that power outlet the Holy Spirit and what do you begin to do diffuse oil through the house we, we plug ourselves into him and we ask for a greater diffusing to come through our lives. Thank you, Lord.